morning and a welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to our study in the book of Joshua, our series on the book of Joshua. And uh, this is our continuing study verse by verse through almost the entire book as we look to explore uh, this exciting book. Just a reminder that the Israelites who were in slavery in Egypt, God had rescued them. But then these Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was the leader, but God selected a new leader by the name of Joshua. He was listed there in our phrase craze game. So Joshua was the new leader. And after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, God said it was time to bring them in to the promised land, the new land that God had for them. A few weeks ago, we looked at the mighty miracle of God as he brought them across a flooded Jordan River. And then God spoke to Joshua through his commander of the army of the Lord and prepared them to conquer the city of Jericho. This would be their first conquest. This would be their first battle, if you would. Jericho was located about five miles west of the Jordan River. So God had brought them across the Jordan River, and then about five miles to the west is this walled city of Jericho. It was a rather strategic land, a strategic location, and because of that, it was key. It controlled a wide area of land behind it. Israel would need to deal with Jericho before they would be able to get to the rest of the promised land. Now, I'm very excited. You know that when it comes to biblical items and archaeology, you know, the study of artifacts and just stuff from Bible days, there's not a whole lot of items that we uncover. But recently, just this past week, we were able to uncover a video from part of the events of the fall of the walls of Jericho. I mean, this is exciting. I'm not sure if it's ever been seen before, but I'm not sure whether, whether one of the uh, Israelites posted it on YouTube or if this was part of their Facebook Live, but we have got actual footage from some of the events of the fall of Jericho, and so I want to unveil it to you. You are probably some of the first in the world to see this footage. Are you ready? Get ready. Let's check it out this morning.
Okay, so maybe not quite the, uh, the world premiere you were thinking of. That certainly was from the, uh, the very popular kids' Veggie Tales series, Josh and the Big Wall. They take uh, Bible stories, retell them with, with vegetables and, uh, and lessons like that. You know, we look at that and we think, man, that's, that's kind of childish or childlike and, and certainly did that to have some fun with, uh, with our kids that are here worshiping with us for Family Worship Day. But it's not so childish when we face walls of our own. I mean, we, we look at kind of a cartoon wall and we look at some, some vegetables who are facing it and we think, oh, that's kind of silly. But now translate and think about your own situation. Maybe you've not faced a literal wall in front of you, but you face some hard times physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. You ever felt as if you were facing something in front of you that was so large, so massive, so impenetrable that there was just nothing that could seemingly move whatever it is that you were facing? Chances are you've probably been there. You've faced something difficult. You've faced something that seemed impossible. Well, as we already saw in our exclusive video clip, Yes, from Joshua chapter 6, the walls fell down. The walls came down through God and through His power. This morning, we're going to take a look, if you would turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. We're going to explore a, a, num a number of fundamentals to seeing the miraculous in our lives. Title of the message as we put on the screen and put in the bulletin is How to Make Walls Fall. How to Make Walls Fall. If we were to stop and take time and, and ask, What kinds of challenges, what kinds of struggles do you face? You could call them walls. I bet we'd experience and encounter and, and hear many different ones listed. So, as we read this encounter in Joshua chapter 6, and we see how God, through his might, enabled the Israelites to have success and victory, we're going to see a number of principles that I believe would translate into our lives, our walk with God, and the challenges that you and I would face. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred, because of the Israelites, no one went out and no one came in. Stop right there for a moment. Some versions might talk about the fact that the walls of Jericho and the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. Whether it's securely barred, tightly shut, I mean, they were on lockdown because of the Israelites. No one went out. No one came in. Here's a first principle for us. If we want to see walls fall, we want to see God do the miraculous, we've got to rely on God's power. All right, so I need everybody to help me out. I need you to kind of lift up your strongest arm in the air, and I need you to flex. Everybody's going to the gun show, right? Flex. Kids, show mom and dad those muscles. 
Maybe you've been eating your, uh, eating your spinach, eating your vitamins, whatnot. All right. So show those muscles. Now, as impressive as that might be, right? It's not quite strong enough to handle the many walls that we face and that we battle. Having some muscles, that's good when we're trying to pick something off the floor, but having a few muscles when we try to deal with physical, financial, spiritual, relational needs, the muscles in our arms don't always handle that. We've got to rely on God's power. And for the Israelites, the muscles that they had, it was not enough to be able to face Jericho, this walled city called Jericho. It was a strategic city. It was the first line of defense. Again, we said just five miles west of the Jordan River. The first main city here on the border to the promised land. Now, it was a walled, in fact, it was a double-walled compound. Important for military reasons, economic reasons, religious reasons. This was a pretty strategic city. And it was a city that was to build, uh, built to endure against any invasion. This was not just a tiny little chain link fence. It was a multiple double walled city. Here's what commentators and archaeologists would say about Jericho. There were two walls. The outer wall was approximately 20 foot high. Six foot thick. The inner wall was 30 feet high and approximately 12 feet thick. And then between was a 15 foot guarded walkway. I mean, this is not just a little door entryway, this was a massive double walled city built to withstand whatever would come. If you were the Israelites, and that's the first thing that God brings you to after this mighty miracle of crossing the Jordan River, uh, Jordan River five miles later, you see this. And they weren't manned by vegetables. They were living human beings. It must have seemed like an impenetrable obstacle. It must have seemed impossible to face. And yet, as they've seen time and time and time again, God has shown himself powerful and mighty and strong, rescuing them from Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, providing for them in the wilderness, crossing the Jordan River. Time after time, they're, they're having to trust in and rely upon God's power. That's what you and I have got to do in our lives as well. We can't handle the items that we face, but we can do so in God's power. I want to challenge you to see some of the obstacles that we face as opportunities for God's power to be displayed. Now, we don't quite like that. We would rather that we don't face any obstacles, right? 
Give me smooth sailing. No bumpy roads. Pave it. Let me just walk. In fact, I don't want to walk. Just let me glide. Let me glide through life. Instead, we are faced with many obstacles, many minefields, if you would. And we look at them and we say, God, why in the world do we face these things? Rather than seeing the obstacles, could we say, God, I see this as an opportunity for you to work, for your power to be displayed, for you to receive honor and glory. I don't know how it's going to happen, God, but I believe you are powerful enough to do it. See, if Jericho's wall was four foot tall, there wouldn't need to be a whole lot of faith and trust and reliance in the power of God. For even the shortest Israelites could kind of be helped over, right? I mean, many of us in this room, we've made Lego walls bigger than four feet. But that's not the kind of wall that they were facing. 20 foot high, 6 foot thick. And the second one, 30 foot high, 12 foot thick. People guarding and defending their territory. The only way to face that is in the power of God. Would you see through the eyes of faith as you trust and rely upon God's power? See, here's what doubt sees. Doubt sees with the eyes of man. The eyes of man said, oh, that's a big wall. Wow, that's a tall wall. Wow, that's a thick wall. Oh, and by the way, did you see that second wall that's even bigger? The eyes of man say, I doubt we can overcome that. The eyes of man say, I doubt we've got anything that's going to bust that apart. Faith sees with the eyes of God. The eyes of God, the power of God, that he is able to overcome the challenges that you and I encounter. Doubt doesn't, say, doesn't see anything but the obstacles in our path. God, you've brought us to the promised land, but there's this big walled city called Jericho right in our way. Doubt sees everything that's in our path. Faith sees the great victory that God's able to bring because of his strength and his power. Now, I would venture to say we're not facing 20-foot or 30-foot walls. But I would venture to say that the challenges, the struggles, the walls that you are faced with, and we rattled some common topics off just a little bit ago, we can't face them in our own strength, in our own power. We must rely upon God and rely upon his power. If the Israelites would have relied on their own strength, they would have bumped into this tall, massive, mighty wall that was securely and tightly shut up. In their own strength, there's no logical way to say they could penetrate, but they were relying on the power of God.
So not only do we rely on God's power, but secondly, we've got to believe in God's promises. Here's what verse 2 says. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. You see, God had promised Joshua the victory. Victory over the city, victory over the king, victory over the army. Did you, did you see what God said? God didn't say, I think I might be able to help you win. He made it past tense. I have delivered. I've already done the work, Joshua. I've delivered them into your hands. I'm making a promise to you. It's, it's as if you can count on it. Why? It's as if it's already happened. My strength and my power has already made this the fact. Now, you might sit there and say, but that's a different situation, Pastor Mark. I mean, that's God apparently speaking to Joshua. That's God apparently connecting with Joshua in a personal way. God speaking some words to Joshua. God encouraging Joshua. I mean, how in the world am I ever going to experience that? I've got a few ideas and a few suggestions for you. God today continues to speak through his word. We open up from Genesis to Revelation. God speaks his words, his truth into our hearts and into our lives. God gives us his promises. We can stand upon them. We can trust in them. We can count on God and his promises. You go looking through the word of God and it won't take very long before you're encountered with them. The word of God, we find a very familiar verse, John 3, 16, promises God's love. For God so loved the world. We can stand on that. We can rest upon that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 God assures us we have life change. He says, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. God has promised that when we come to him in Christ, we're a brand new person. He promises his love. He promises to change our lives. God promises his presence with us. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We can count upon his presence. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, he promises his strength. Rising up on wings like eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. God gives promises. Philippians chapter 4, 19, he promises his provision. James chapter 5, he promises healing. There are so many promises in the word of God that we can stand upon. Do you believe what it is that God gives to you in his word? God spoke to Joshua and said, I've already delivered Jericho into your hands. 
So it's the city, the king, the fighting men, everybody. I've done that deliverance. Will we focus on God? Will we focus on his word, his promises that he has given to us? We've got to get into his word to read, to see, to learn, to understand, to be reminded of. But when you and I face challenges, when you and I face times in the hospital, when you and I face financial difficulties, when you and I face those relationship struggles, we can't do it in our own strength, and our own power. But we can do it being reminded of God's promises. That when it seems as if we're all alone, that he has promised to be with us. When it seems as if we've messed up, he's promised to forgive us. When it seems as if we have nowhere to turn, he's promised to encourage or to supply or to guide and to direct. Would you believe in his promises? So we rely on his power. We believe his promises. Thirdly, as we continue in the chapter, we've got to follow God's plan. Verse 3 and following God continues to speak to Joshua, and he says, March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. That's the plan. That was God's plan, and yet they followed it. They obeyed the plan of God. It might have seemed a little silly. You've got some fighting men, some strategic men and God speaks to Joshua, and Joshua speaks to the people and says, here's the plan. We're going to walk, and at some point we're going to yell. Everybody got it? Good. That's the plan. It probably didn't sound very wise, yet God spoke it, and they followed and obeyed it. There's some tremendous detail, some repetition that needed to take place. I mean, it was day after day, do these things. It was over a process of seven days. So as you read through the end of the chapter and you see exactly what took place, here's the parade lineup. You've got the armed men out front, followed by the seven priests and the seven trumpets, the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God followed by the rear guard of troops. Trumpets sound. They march around the city one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, they march around seven times. Finally, after hearing the long trumpet blast, then they give a shout. We might listen to that. We might read that and think, wow. It was, it was so crazy that I'm sure I would follow it. Or you might have the other idea to say, it's so crazy, there's no way I'd follow it. The fact of the matter is very simple. It's God's words, so we must follow. 
God gives us his word. God gives us his instructions. God gives us his plan. Are we willing and receptive to obey and follow? Because, you know, many times, and I'm, I'm sure this is never you. It's probably just me. But sometimes we try to help God out. You ever done that? I know I've done it a time or two. God, it seems like nothing's happening. And boy, if I do this, I think I'm going to help. So God, I'm going to go ahead and do this. (laughs) Thank me later. I know none of you have ever done it. Just your pastor. Okay. I see your little smirks and smiles. But I bet you know somebody who's done that. Now, seriously, I'm sure we've probably been a part of that. It seems like what we're facing is difficult. It seems like we just can't handle it. It seems like God's just not working on our behalf. His plan maybe, maybe wasn't quite right. It just needs just a little something, something. What I give can just... Take it to that next level, God, so I'm going to help you out. And so we do something or we say something into a situation that helps God out. Now, we we laugh and and we smile and we say that's kind of silly. I mean, that would be like me showing up to a Cavaliers game and saying, hey, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron, yeah, it's me. It's me. I just had a couple things I wanted to pass along to you. I just wanted to help you out a little bit. And then proceed to share with him one or two or three things that could help him play basketball better. How receptive would he be? He'd be like, and you are who? I don't care. I mean, it would be silly for me to try to help LeBron basketball-wise. And yet, we do that with God. We say, I'm going to help God out. If I do this, if I say this, God, I know your word says, and I know I should follow it, but it's hard, God, and I don't want to. Nothing's happening, God, so I don't want to keep doing it. Whatever the case might be, God gives us his word. God gives us the plan. The challenge is for you and I to simply follow it. Can you imagine God speaking to Joshua and then Joshua meeting with the Israelites and they're going over the game plan? Maybe, maybe he's got a, a core leadership group. You know, maybe he's got his, his main people. And so they come in and he says, okay. We're going to brainstorm ways to take out that city of Jericho. And before Joshua can share his vision of what God spoke to him, maybe his enthusiastic leaders jump in with some ideas, right? Okay, we're going to build this huge thing. I'm going to call it a battering ram. And we're just going to bash and smash that wall to pieces. Before long, someone else speaks up and said, no, 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 I've been working on something. It's called a tank. And we're, we're going to push this huge thing, 
And we're going we're gonna to blow up the wall. I mean, pretty soon, ideas are going. They're going to explode and bash and smash. It's, it's shock and awe. Finally, Joshua gets the floor, and he says, uh, yeah, th- those, are, those are interesting, but I've got God's word. I've got God's plan. It's not shock and awe. It's walk and shout. We're going to walk around the walls, and we're going to go home. And tomorrow, we're going to walk around the walls and go home. The same on the third day, the same on the fourth, the same on the fifth, the same on the sixth. Uh, Joshua, are we ever going to see the walls fall? Oh, yes, on the seventh day. On the seventh day, oh, this is going to be awesome. Are there missiles? Nope. Bullets? Nope. Fire? Nope. We're going to do some more walking. But we get to walk around seven times on the seventh day. And then the trumpets are going to blow. And guess what we get to do now? And Jaden jumps in and says, bust it to pieces. And Joshua said, no, no, no. We just get to shout. Okay, so let me see if I got this right, Joshua. We walk around, we blow some trumpets, do 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 do, and we yell. Was there like something with the frequency? I mean, how in the world is this going to work? Can you imagine Joshua presenting the battle plan to the Israelites? It came from God. It came from God. That same God who had delivered them from Egypt. That same God who helped them to cross the Red Sea. That same God who had helped them to cross the Jordan River. That same God had the plan to conquer Jericho. Do we follow and trust God's plan? Too many times I think we wait to see whether God's plan makes sense or not. Wait a second, God. I don't know if I quite understand it. I don't know if I quite believe it. Prove it to me first before I then follow it. God's desiring obedience. God's desiring that we follow what his word says, his plan for our lives. I think many times we, we wait we're facing difficult situations. God gives us instructions in his word, and we say, well, God, I just don't get it. I'm not moving. I'm not trusting. I'm not following. I'm not obeying. We want to see the walls in our lives fall. We rely on his power, believe his promises, follow his plan, and finally, we've then got to trust God's process. See, they did exactly what God said. Day one, they line up. They marched. Day two and three and four and five and six, the same. Imagine day seven. They go around once, twice, three times, four, five, six. Isn't there a lot of trust 
in God's process to have done this now 12 times without seeing anything happen. And on the final time, they blow the trumpets, and then the people get to yell and shout as a part of this process as they trust God to do the work. Up until that point, nothing seemed to be happening. God seemed to be silent. It's important for us that we don't quit or give up. That we follow God's instructions, that we follow God's plans, and we trust his process. We trust his timing. See, except for the trumpets, and except for that shout on that seventh day, this was a pretty silent process. You march, and you go home. Man, that's, that's a lot of trust in what God says, the process of how God was about to work. Now, nobody point, but just know, if you look around this sanctuary, It'd be real hard for some of you to go seven days without speaking. I said, don't point. March around the city and be quiet. March around the city and be quiet. March around six times on the seventh day and be quiet. Only till you get to the seventh time and the trumpets blow can you finally let it all out. Ah! Exactly. Sometimes that's what happens in our spiritual walk with God. We're facing a wall, probably not a literal wall as in the wall of Jericho, but we're facing some difficulties and we're saying, God, nothing is happening. I I, I thought I've been trusting you. I I thought I've been believing in your words and your promises, but it seems like nothing's happening. Because God, if it was my way, it would have been done two days ago, two weeks ago, two months ago. God in his power Could he have instantly destroyed the walls of Jericho on that first day? Did God need 13 trips to get up the oomph to knock the walls down? No. God in his power was mighty and powerful. He could have done it without them walking once. Many commentators would speculate or write that maybe that was more for building up the Faith and trust and strength of the Israelites. Not so much about God's power needing seven days. God didn't need the seven days. Do we trust in God's process? That if things don't happen the way we want, when we want, we still trust in Him, His sovereignty to move? They weren't vegetables that day. Can you imagine if you were the Israelites walking around the wall, what you might have encountered hearing from some of the people in the town, in that city of Jericho? The mocking, the abuse, the making fun of. Oh, I'm scared now. They're walking around again. Their trust was in God. His words his plan, and his process. 
It required them to be faithful and obedient and persistent that they didn't give up. One commentator writes, Many people don't see the answers to their prayers simply because they have stopped one round short in their conquest of their personal Jericho. We may have been doing the right things, but we simply stop doing them. We don't know God's plan. We don't know God's process, but trust Him to move. Trust Him to work. As we read His Word, let us obey, let us live it out, even when it might seem as if nothing is happening. See, if you've been trying to attack your wall and your situation all on your own, in your own strength and power, you've got to stop and rely upon God and His power. Maybe you've forgotten about or you've not been seeking out God's voice and God's words. Get back to the Word of God and believe in God's promises. For some who maybe think we have a better plan, a better way out, a better way to overcome the challenges that we face, I encourage each one to trust in God and His plan. And if it seems like nothing's happening, if it seems like nothing's taking place, trust God and trust in His process. 